Hello, community. It is good to be with you. Now, you might be at one of our locations in the city or the suburbs, or maybe you're joining us in one of our brand new 3C communities. You might be a part of Community Freedom, or you might be watching Community Online. And it's great to be with you as one church in four expressions. Now, here at Community, we do most of our teaching in series. And one of the big reasons we love to teach in series is it allows us to go into more depth on important topics. Uh, and we might do a big idea series focusing on relationships, um, like friendships and then dating and marriage or family. Uh, we might also do a big idea series on money, how you make it, how you save it, how you spend it, how do you make a difference with it. Well, today is a very unique day, and I'm glad you're here because we're starting a brand new series about our relationship with money, and it's called Money Talks. And the Bible explains why our relationship with money is so, so important. It says this. It says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Not money, but the love of money. And what happens? Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. I'm telling you, over the years, I've seen friendships fall apart. I've seen families split. I've seen marriages crumble, and you've seen it too. Some of you have even experienced this, and why? Over money. I mean, just like the Bible says, pierced with many griefs. I've also seen people walk away from God, and I've seen many people miss out on huge opportunities to make a difference with their lives. Why? Over money. And just like the Bible says, they wandered from their faith. And the bottom line is this, an unhealthy relationship with money, it'll wreak havoc in your heart, and it'll create chaos in your life. Well, all of this got our teaching team and our creative team kind of wondering, what if money could speak? What if money could talk to us? What would money say? How would money feel? What has money experienced over the years? And we had some fun with those questions, and uh, here's what we came up with. My name is Money, and I've been attending community for, um, well, uh, well, since the very beginning. Sometimes I get a bad rap, um, and there are a lot of good raps about me, um, but I don't know, more of a rock and roll guy. You know, Pink Floyd song about me, it's a classic. I'm usually accepted everywhere, but lately, I've just been feeling devalued. You know the old saying, if you love someone, set them free. I think that's true, um, but I also say, if you love someone, put them in a low-risk, high-yield savings account and make them work for you, then there will be interest later. <laughs> some people lose interest in me over time. And to be fair, some gain interest. And really, many people lose and gain interest in me in the same day. I've tried everything to reach out, you know, um, try not to take myself too seriously. I'm really wanting to make the right kind of deposits in my relationships. You know, um, take the extra effort to make a night of it, go out of the town, looking like a million, you know. <laughs> Do I ever worry about me? Um, no, <laughs> I get plenty of that from everyone else. I guess you could say I'm, I'm cautious. I'm a bit of a spendthrift. I, I don't like to spend myself all in one place. It's just hard to let myself go like that. People say I'm full of myself, but I can't help it. I'm everywhere. 
okay? I've always been very popular. Face it, I'm pretty hard to resist. Yeah, I guess you could say I'm a bit of a Cashanova. They say loving me is the root of all evil. But if loving me is wrong, I'd still rather be me than a non-fungible token. <laughs> all right, now that you've met money, I want you to imagine that you get to talk to money yourself. And not just interview money, but what if you and money could have a personal conversation? So imagine, um, on a nice, relaxing summer evening, money uh, pulls up a chair, and the two of you get to chat. And the two of you get to know each other, just you and money. What do you think money would say to you? See, I think in time, one of the most important things money would say to you is this. You are your truest self when you give me away. I think that's what he said. You are your truest self when you give me away. Now, here's why I think money would say that. I believe that you were created to be generous. And I believe that you have a unique, uniquely you, God-given way of being generous. And I believe you'd love to be generous. And I think deep down, I think we all believe that and we all want to do that. And I'll tell you what, to make my point, I want to try something. I'm going to tell you three stories. Now, they may be familiar to some of you, but as I tell them to you, I want you to pay very close attention to how you feel, okay? Not what you think, but how do you feel? You ready? Story number one. Uh, last year, community was able to come alongside the family of Janari Ricks, a nine-year-old little boy in Chicago who just tragically lost his life to gun violence. And as a church, we were able to bless Janari's family by covering the cost of his funeral. And his family, I mean, they were super grateful, and they wrote this, this very gracious and kind thank you note. And it said this, said, words cannot adequately express our gratitude for your generosity. Thank you for being a blessing to our family during an incredibly difficult time. All right. How does hearing that act of generosity make you feel? In fact, I'll tell you what, if you're watching online, just put in the chat a word or two how that makes you feel. If you're watching one of our locations or 3C communities or community freedom sites, and there's someone near you, just share with them. How does it make you feel? Or just simply pay close attention. How do, how do I feel when I hear that? Second story. Early this year, our community freedom team rallied around the women at the Fox Valley Transition Center. Community Freedom raised several thousands of dollars to purchase items for these women like winter boots, bathrobes, socks, deodorant, soap, uh, toothpaste, stamped envelopes, bus passes, all kinds of stuff. These are women who've almost all come through the foster care system. Many of them survived physical and emotional abuse and right now are working so, so hard to turn their lives around and doing it without any outside support. How does hearing that act of generosity make you feel? How do you feel? And again, if you're watching online, put a couple words in the chat. I want to know, how, how do you feel? If, if you're with someone, you can share with them or just note how you feel, how you respond inside to that story. All right, last one. Last month, our community cares team stepped up and volunteered to help dozens of families impacted 
by the recent tornadoes in Naperville, giving not only time with cleanup efforts, but also resources, providing gift cards, essential items to those who in some cases lost everything. Uh, there was Josh and Amanda who have a six-week-old baby. Uh, we helped them, and here's what they said to us. They said, we're extremely grateful for this tremendous act of kindness by community and for helping us in our effort to get our, our life and our home back to normal. There was also Kate, a single mom, and she shared, I just want to say thank you for the gift cards and all the essentials you purchased. I simply can't thank you enough for all that you've done. So one last time. How does hearing that act of generosity make you feel? Again, if you're watching online, just put a word or two in the chat. You can do it again. How does it feel? If you're with someone, you can share with them or by yourself, just note inside internally, how do I feel? Why do you feel the way you do when you hear those stories? For me, what did I feel? I think with each of those stories, I mean, I felt, I mean, sad at first, but then inspired. I felt grateful to be a part of a church and a community that could and would do that. It made me feel like, wow, there ought to be more of that kind of thing in the world. And it actually made me personally go like, I want to be more generous. I want to do more of that. And overall, it just felt good. Or in a word, it was like right. It felt, just felt right. And I think it all goes back to what money would say to you and to me if money could speak. And it's this. You are your truest self when you give me away. When we see generosity, like we just did there, instinctively we know, oh, that's good. Intuitively, we recognize generosity as a a way that life's supposed to be lived. And it moves something deep down inside of us. And why is that? Why does it move us like that? Why do we feel what we feel? Because when we see generosity, what we're actually seeing is something we're made for. Because what we're seeing, we're seeing love. We're actually seeing love expressed. And I want you to get this. I'd love for you to share this wherever you are with other people on social media. And it's this generosity is the impulse of love. When we see an act of generosity, what you're actually seeing is love in motion. See, love needs an outlet. Love needs some way to actually express itself. Uh, That's why men give flowers to their girlfriends, their wives. Generosity is this impulse of love. It's why grandfathers, grandmothers give their grandkids ice cream for breakfast. (laughs) Generosity is this impulse of love. It's why when my wife gives me a list, oh, here's some birthday ideas because her birthday's coming up, and I just buy them all. (laughs) Generosity is the impulse of love. When you love someone, you almost can't help yourself. Again, generosity is is the impulse of love. And we see this in the character of God. In his first letter, the Apostle John, he writes this. He says, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Notice that it says there, God is love. Love is the core of God's very being. And God's love needs to be expressed. And so God expressed his love this way. He said, for God so loved the world that he, what's the word right there? (laughs) Gave, love expressed, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Again, generosity is the impulse of love. And that's why when Jesus asked, what's the greatest commandment? His response was this, oh, you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. That's the first and greatest commandment. 
And then the second one, he said, the second's like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So to sum it up, Jesus says, all of life comes down to these two things. You love God and then you love people. That's it. With everything you got. And so what happened is the first Christ followers, they took this teaching and then they applied it and they understood it to mean this right here. Generosity is the impulse of loving people around the world. They also understood it meant generosity is the impulse of loving people in your church. And lastly, generosity is the impulse of loving God. And so what I want us to do, I want us to explore exactly what that looks like for us to live that out as Christ followers. All right, so first, let's start at the top. Generosity is the impulse of loving people around the world. Now, a great place for us to start is the Apostle Paul's letter to Christ followers in Corinth. He encourages them to be generous, to further the Jesus mission all around the world. And to do that, he tells them about the example of Christ followers in a place called Macedonia. And here's what Paul writes about them. He says, I can testify. They gave not only what they could afford, (laughs) but far more. And they did it of their own free will. Now, what's impressive about these Macedonians he's talking about is these were not wealthy people at all. Not at all. But they still insisted on being a part of what God was doing, not just locally, but in other places around the world. And they gave generously to help advance the Jesus mission miles and miles away. In fact, actually, 1,800 miles away, if you go back and do the homework on this. It's incredible. This generous impulse beat within them because of love. Now, I think if Paul was around today, honestly, I think he might use community as an example. I think he'd look over the last several years and said, did you know that people at community have helped start five brand new churches in Nicaragua through Compassion International? Yeah, that's 3,000 miles away from Chicago. (laughs) And each of those churches are used as a school during the week so that 200 kids in each of those schools can have an education, 1,000 kids. And did you know that community is also responsible for sponsoring more than 2,400 Compassion Kids? And that we're one of three churches in all the United States that last year were courageous enough to do a sponsor drive during the pandemic. Why, why did we do that? Why did we do all that stuff? Why do we do that stuff? Because, here's why. Generosity is the impulse of loving people around the world. Now, that generosity impulse also showed up in the way the early Christ followers, okay, love people in their church. Listen to how their generosity towards one another is described. It, it, it is amazing. It says this, all the believers were one in heart and one in mind. No one claimed to have any possessions of their own. <laughs> they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them, in their church, there was no needy person among them. Now, I know for some of us at first, when we read this, it might seem like, that's just way too idealistic. That's that's a scene out of some movie we know isn't real. I mean, everybody's unified. Um, There's no needs anywhere. God's power is working through them. Come on. Here's what I'm going to say. What's being described here in the book of Acts is not just a story of what happened a long time ago, but a real demonstration of what does and can happen when we live generously. I'm thinking about a particular story that I hear over and over again around here at Community. 
And it's this one. It's how people in our small groups support each other and get each other through anything and everything. The most recent version of the story I heard the other day was a single mom. Single mom with a little boy who was really sick in the hospital. Her small group, her small group came through with her, not just with prayer support and friendship, and that's important, but they went into action to meet practical needs. They provided meals by making sure she had like this never-ending supply of DoorDash gift cards. They provided money to pay for parking because they knew of all the back and forth trips to the hospital. They bought gifts and activities for her little guy to play with while confined to the hospital bed. And it was like they were determined to do anything and everything they could to help her get through what she was going through. I love that. And here's the truth. As a church community, we have everything we need to get each other through anything, anything this life might throw at us. But here's the key, and here's where we have to work together. These early Christ followers were generous towards one another because they were closely connected to one another. They did life like in small groups. And their generosity was born out of these meaningful relationships with each other. And these groups trusted each other like family, like a healthy nuclear family. When one member has a need, all of them, all the others rally around them. And I just want you to know, this is not idealistic. We can be this, and we can do this too. So generosity was the way they loved people around the world. These early Christ followers, generosity is the way they love people in their local church. But lastly, I also want us to see that generosity, okay, is the impulse of loving God. Now, in Matthew chapter 25, Jesus tells this fascinating story that depicts this judgment scene, and it's, it's a little scary almost, where, this, where all the people come before a king. And it says, the, the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Then the king goes on and he speaks and he says, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And the people hear this and they're confused and puzzled by the king's words. And so they just, they just ask, well, <laughs> hold it. King, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? To which the king replies, and he says this, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So in this parable, the king represents God. And Jesus is telling us that when we're generous towards the needs of others, particularly he's pointing out the least, the lost, the lonely, those that are marginalized by society. When we do that, we're actually generous to God. So remember the stories I told you up top? When a little nine-year-old boy's life is needlessly taken in the city of Chicago by gun violence, and we get to help a hurting family by paying for his funeral, we're loving God. When we find ways to provide support and gifts for women who faced every kind of abuse and are trying desperately to pull their life together all on their own while incarcerated. When we do that, 
we're loving God. When natural disasters, like a tornado, suddenly come crashing into the life of our neighbors, destroying everything, and then we're there to do whatever it takes to help them pull their lives together, we're loving God. See, here's what's true. Let this stick of both me and you. We are created to be generous. We each have a unique way, God-given way of being generous. And just note how you feel. We love, we like to be generous. And that's why if money could talk, if money could talk, I believe it would say this, you are your truest self when you give me away. You and me, Dave, we are our truest selves when we give it away. All right, I want to challenge you right now. I want to just wrap this up with a challenge. Actually, there's three challenges I have for you. And I want you to do at least one of them this week. You ready? I'm going to give you three, three challenges, but you must do one. Here we go. Challenge number one is this. Be extra generous. Sometime this week, be extra generous to someone. Maybe it's somebody in the service industry and you normally tip, I don't know what, 20%, go way above and beyond. But do something this week, okay, to be extra generous. Challenge number two, be anonymously generous. Be anonymously generous this week to someone that you know is in need and you never let them know that you're the one that met that need. Only you and God, you're the only two that know. Anonymously generous, that's the second challenge. Or the third challenge, be spontaneously generous. Be spontaneously generous this week because I'm telling you, along, along the way this week, something's gonna come up. God will put someone or something in your path. There's gonna be a need there. And you're, gonna, you're not gonna think about it. You're not gonna do the math. You're not gonna say, does it fit in my budget? You're just gonna spontaneously say, hey, we're gonna take care of that. Be generous. You got it? Extra generous, anonymously generous, spontaneously generous. Three challenges there. All of you, okay, all of you. I want all of you to do at least one of those this week. And over the next few weeks of this series, let's ask God to grow our love, all right? Our love for God, our love for our church, our love for people, and let our loving impulse be one of generosity. Why? It's who we're made to be.